is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. I am Nick, joined by Abdullah, Jesse, and a special guest today. Uh, and I will pass it to Jesse to introduce our new friend. Yeah, we have the uh, incredibly multi-talented Mia Erickson with us. Uh, Mia turns her hand to literally a million different things that I don't understand how she does so much stuff. So she hosts a new podcast called Their Pitch. She's a sports photographer and she does freelance writing and analysis at loads of cool places like Analytics FC, Vavil and her football hub. So literally she could be a one man media mission. So <laughs> thanks for coming on Mia. Yeah, thanks for having me. That, that was a nice introduction. I was kind of find, finding myself thinking that, yeah, you are right. I, I can't manage all that stuff. So I have to have to select things from now on. <laughs> no, I think you should roll with it. It's so, so amazing. Like you've literally got everything sorted. <laughs> you're, you're doing it all and you're a Twitter superstar. So, so there you go. I mean, you're well-respected in a place that is, it's hard to be well-respected in. Uh, which is a a, uh, a really nice coup for you. So, look, uh, we're going to get into this one. This was the FA Cup semifinal um, against Man City away uh, at their building. Tough uh, match in theory, not so much in practice. So we're going to go over Chelsea's comfortable win um, to reach our fourth ever FA Cup final, how we exploited City's goalkeeping issues in the first half to take a 2-0 lead, and then how Emma Hayes used her subs to make sure we comfortably saw out the second half but as always we start with a three-word match review uh, often imitated never duplicated so i'm going to start with jesse for your three-word match review yeah i've gone with a halloween theme because we're recording this on on halloween so going with the city curse lifted because (laughs) spooky uh that's actually also the echo you hear around the city academy when they have no fans there um (laughs) but we have finally won a game there in in 90 minutes after many many attempts we did win in extra time last season uh for the continental cup but we finally got rid of that hoodoo to win in 90 minutes Abdullah, go for it. Yeah, so kind of just going on the back of that, I'm just going to say normal service resume just because finally back and winning at the Academy Stadium in 90 minutes. So I would just say that this normal service resumed and, you know, it was a a good win, I think, after um, a couple of performances over the last couple of few weeks where, you know, it was a few nerves here and there, a few defensive issues, and I felt like this was a really good and comfortable win, albeit against a... um, really down and out Manchester City side. Mia, three words to sum up the the match. Yeah, solid, boring, work done. Something like that. Very English football, I, I think, today. Like, just straight on. Well, I mean, comprehensive is, is another word you could use there. I think that's, that's all good. I would say uh, silverware in sight. Uh, there is a there's a, a final coming up. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, the FA Cup final, um, and, and we're going to be in it. Um, so excited to talk about all of this. We do have a few uh, from our lovely listeners who are who are uh, always a part of these uh, episode reviews. And so Ollie Glanville with Treble is on. I mean, the guy's relentless. He tweets at us all the time. He's wonderful. Uh, boy. Someone from from who's a United fan tweeted at us saying goodbye Gareth Taylor. Oof, I I don't know Jesse, you feeling like that's on the cards here? Um, I think it should have been on the cards a while ago, but I don't think it's going to happen. But I think the one thing uniting women's football at the moment, excluding City fans, but is that all of United, Chelsea, and Arsenal fans just want Gareth Taylor to stay. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer of, of of the women's game right now, yeah. so that's pretty great. Uh, and then we have a few from Discord as well. We we be we would be remiss uh, to to not include these. Uh, JW with what a weekend. Ganazagina with snooze to victory, uh, which is wonderful. Uh, Grizz with style matters too, and then Ultra Ernie with City's rough weekend and a rough weekend it was for them. But we got to get into it. So the match details: we played Manchester City. It was on Halloween, October thirty first, twenty twenty one. 
It was in the FA Cup semifinal at the Academy Stadium. The scoreline, City 0, Chelsea 3, a comprehensive victory with goals from Cuthbert, Loipels, and England. Uh, I'm going to pass it over to Abdullah for the lineup. Yeah, so uh, a slightly couple of changes. You know, we've had Anne Katrenberger in goal, casual standard, you know, nothing wrong there. But, you know, we had a new entry into the back line in Anik Nawa, who comes into the middle, uh, flanked by Ericsson and, and Midi Bright. Personally, I think this is, this, I, I mean, I like this back three. And then you had Jess Carter playing as the right wing back, I think, if I'm not wrong, for the first time, you know, uh, this season. And then you've got uh, Leupels and Ingle in the double pivot with Wrighton at her usual left wing back position. And a front three of uh, Kerr Kirby and Aaron Cuthbert with Penny Lahada out injured. And then on the bench, you had Musovic, Bethany England, Ji Soyun, Jesse Fleming, Lauren James, you know, first time on the bench since her move. Neve mm-hmm. Charles, uh, Drew Spence, John Anderson, and Yuri Fox. So good bench. Um, and uh, overall, a good performance. And, and like we said, Panela was out last minute. Uh, Lauren James on the bench just just for being on the bench. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll see her and, and uh, Marin Mielda get some minutes on the pitch sooner rather than later. Yeah, I guess, Jesse, you want to go through some of the quotes here um, uh, about the, the squad and the way it was composed? Yeah, so, you know, basically, Hayes actually said before the game, the BBC asked her if uh, we'd see Lauren James today, and she just went, no. <laughs> and that was it. Uh, classic uh, Emma, yeah, you yeah. know, really, very articulate before a match. Um, but afterwards, she expanded on a bit more and basically said that um, Lauren wasn't going to be in the squad, but when Penila had to pull out, uh, Emma was like, do you just want to come to, like, get a feel of it? And apparently Lauren drove straight home to get her kit bag. This was originally reported as being her kit. And I was like, surely the Chelsea players don't like keep their shirts at yeah, home. You don't wash wardrobe. it at home. <laughs> <laughs> but kit bag maybe makes more sense. Yeah, like yeah. your boots and stuff. But I just had this image of her like running to her wardrobe to like get her Chelsea shirt off the hanger. Um but yeah, so it was just a bit of experience for her. Um, uh, Chelsea Academy are playing this like a game I think in midweek for like Remembrance Day mm-hmm. at Kings Meadow and I think um, James and Mara Mielda are going to hopefully get some minutes there which will hopefully speed up their, their return to first team football uh, which is I mean just great news right I mean they, they're kind of the absentees from this this early part of the season so glad to see them back Jesse I'm coming right back to you for the stats because they are uh, tremendous yeah so um, Chelsea pretty much dominated this kind of visually and statistically 54% possession to City's 46% 17 shots to City's 12 but Chelsea had 10 on target when City only had three Um, five corners to City's three eight fouls to City's five and then just going to throw a few um, really fun stats at you from, I guess, rather from the game itself, from from the football world as a whole. Uh, this 3-0 loss was City's heaviest home defeat since 2014. And it was Chelsea's first ever win in 90 minutes at the Academy Stadium, as I said in my free web match review, in, I've counted this, I think it's correct, 14 attempts. Cool. We've played them eight times in the league away, never won. Once in the FA Cup prior to today, that was that heartbreaking Magda Eriksson own goal back in 2018, 2019. Yeah. Um, and four times in the in the Continental Cup. We did win one of those uh, last year, but it was only an extra time. So, yeah, finally, finally. Wow. Well, that's absolutely fantastic and well-researched uh, on top of that. Mia, I'm going to pass the ball to you. Uh, just general thoughts about the match today, the style of play, just something that you, you might have taken away from it. Yeah, first of all, I thought it was kind of funny to go on Twitter when when uh, the lineup was released because every single broadcaster had different graf- graphics on on how the lineup information or um, where the players were, were going to be. Uh, so I think that was kind of funny because we we, we all kind of, assume by now that we're going with a back tree and and stuff like that so just saw that uh, from people being there they they were kind of i mean kind of secure uh, on the fact that it was going to be a back three with uh, jess carter as a right wing back uh, with guru Reitan. but then when the match match kind of kicked off uh, i thought it was it, it wasn't that obvious uh, from the beginning so but i mean 
I thought that City, they, they really ruled the first 10 minutes uh, of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but then when Chelsea scored, uh, it was totally different from the rest on. It, it felt very, I mean, as a Chelsea fan, you felt very safe and calm and just kind of cozy, just sitting back in the couch, relaxed, watching. Uh, it wasn't the typical uh, Chelsea Man City feeling um, game, and and I think yeah, I think uh, it was kind of boring actually. Boring, boring Chelsea. Here we go yeah. again. Um, I, I would agree with your point on the lineups as well because uh, the commentary that we got in the states. They were convinced that we were running with a back four, so they must have had some sort of like lineup card that wasn't right or that had fe- like had set the team up differently, uh, which I thought was really interesting. But it seemed like they couldn't believe that Jess Carter was playing right wing back of all places. So I was like, okay. Uh, I even texted th- these two. I was like, what is happening? Like, why am I hearing this on my screen when it does not look that way uh, at all? But. Uh, it's a good point, and hopefully we get the uh, the lineup cards sorted uh, from now on. But we're going to take a quick ad break, and then we're going to come back and talk about this uh, incredibly comfortable win in the FA Cup semifinal. Uh, but before we do that, just a couple of reminders. We're covering the team every week. Uh, usually on Monday or Tuesday, the episode will come out. Uh, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. A lot of you are getting new iPhones out there, so go on and, and make that happen. Uh, and then if you are looking for additional... Um, support and and just a community that's doing incredible work around the Chelsea women's team. Our Patreon has a wonderful uh, community and that is on our Discord. Um, so you get to Discord through Patreon. But uh, we will uh, be right back and thanks to these sponsors for supporting the show. Okay, we, we got to dive into it. No more, no more beating around the bush. Um, look, this was a game that was right after an international break. Abdullah, you could have forgiven... Uh, the Chelsea team for coming out and being a little scattershot or maybe not as sharp as we're, as we're used to seeing. These are typical trap games uh, after uh, weeks away, but they cruised, right? I and mean, this was um, not the type of uh, nervy matchup that we're used to against City. And it was, in the end, really comfortable. Yeah, no, I couldn't have said that better myself. I mean, if you just watch a highlights package, just as I did before we started recording, you you would have thought that you know it's it's uh, it's like oh that's the producers just picking up all the Chelsea chances and you know just just showing that and they're not they don't they don't care for City, but actually that was the kind of the story of the game, right? It was pretty much all Chelsea in terms of the chances created and 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 the attacking play. Um, you know, it's 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 kind of I don't know at this moment in time I think it was I think it was a good game to play coming off an international break considering City's form and, and the way that they're playing, um, and I think it was good to get a couple of changes in there just to kind of see how they would persist because obviously Panilla Hart has been the one who's been kind of almost bailing Chelsea out of a, the last few important games and kind of not having her here against a you know quote unquote quality opposition. See, see how the team does if they do go into a situation where they need to, a last minute goal can somebody else step up obviously in this case they've managed to win comfortably so I guess that, that wasn't needed but at least it was good to see other players step up but on the other hand can you I mean with the way City are playing is it also a question of well this is actually expected just because of the way City are so down and out right now in terms of their form is this like all right you know this is what we come to expect from City this season just because of the way they're playing so I think you can look at it both ways but overall I think great start um good to get into a final and uh like we've always said winning silverware or at least getting to a final is good momentum going into the rest of the season Mia I'm gonna ask you the the question point blank was this Chelsea being being really good, playing really well, or was it City being bad, or some combination thereof? Uh, I mean, I'm gonna be diplomatic here and and say that I think Chelsea killed their game plan very well, uh, and the tactic was probably spot on. But I do think that maybe if they had Ellie Rubak in in goal in between the posts, I'm not sure the first two goals would have been that easy. Um, going into the back of the net um, so I think of course I mean they they are wounded and uh, probably I mean having Jill Scott uh, as a centre back with these fluid 
attacking players in Chelsea. I'm I'm not jealous of her and her task in this game. Yeah, very good point. I, I'm gonna pass it over to to Jesse here because in our in our little uh, WhatsApp thread, you're like I'm I'm so excited because we scored the hard chances and we missed the easy ones. <laughs> Expand. Yeah, well, that's basically what happened. Like, the chances which were, like, kind of snatched at, or the half chances. I mean, I went to, like, Aaron Cuthbert's um, volley, the television's just actually played it back to me, so I just watched it back. And she takes that really, really well, even though it goes through uh, um, Tayeb's hands. But, yeah, the Loiports one's kind of just like a snapshot. And then we've got some of those moments where, like, uh, Kerr's going in, like, through one-on-one, and she doesn't take those chances. So, you know, I think... Obviously, it's easy to say, you know, to think about the counterfactuals. What happens? Does Ellie Roebuck save those first two harder chances? But Tyab then makes like a load of good saves, which I feel like was kind of her psyching herself up. So I still think we created like more than enough chances to to put the game to bed, kind of regardless of the goalkeeping quality. But it's obviously always nice when you just have those half chances that still go in anyway. I mean, let's talk about the goalkeeping issues, though, right? Because you, you note here... Um, pretty nervy start, you know, Mia said the first 10 minutes city looked better. Um, but then, you know, we have city playing a backup keeper and then Chelsea's touch kind of not where we needed it to be. Is that, you know, comp, you know, is, is our touch being all over the place combination of, of nerves and just being rusty from the international break, or is it just the combination of players that was, you know, on the pitch together? I think it's just international break stuff i i think i texted you guys being like when will our touch come back from the international <laughs> break because <laughs> it just felt like everyone was like tired and you know hayes like spoke about this um you know kerr went off like quite early i was quite surprised she even played because she got back from australia on tuesday and if you looked on social media she was just like asleep at training <laughs> um because she had jet lag and stuff so i was really surprised she even started um and you know ditto hayes said kind of G was in um, America and South Korea and obviously Jesse Fleming also had to fly back from North America. So I f- it felt like given how far flung the team had gone, which is also, even though City have lots of injuries, they didn't really have that problem because like half their squad is English. Um, although then they're all injured in English. But um, yeah, I, th- I think it was just a case of like getting back to it. And those City games like have been really frantic over the past couple like you know if we think back to the last game last season was a 2-2 draw um the Conti Cup game was a 4-2 Chelsea win the game the year before in the COVID season was a 3-3 draw I think it's you know it's not hard to think that the players probably do go to that stadium and be like oh my god like what are we in for today because those games are normally such roller coasters so I actually thought we did really well to like once we did get the goal I felt like we really just settled down and showed amazing control given what's happened some of the times we played there yeah I mean you also noted here that I mean this is a big match right I mean it's an FA Cup semi-final and it's happening the weekend after like Chelsea Chelsea probably should have had a little bit more time back at the training ground before playing an FA Cup semifinal, Abdullah. I mean, what what are your thoughts on the scheduling here? Is it just a product of the amount of matches that we have to fit in between now and and June first, or is it just you know something else? No, I think it's just that. I think I think this season more than most, obviously, we've got more games in just because of the Champions League group stages that come up now. So that just adding more and more games which is obviously good for the game, but. Um, at the same time, it, there's a it's a very short <clears throat> it's a very short calendar. Not to forget, we've got a Euros in the summer this year, so players are going to need some time off between the season ending, getting into you know going to meeting up with their international teams and kind of getting to that groove. So, yeah, I think it's just more about you know scheduling and and you know we've all known in just the general wider space of football scheduling how horrible and terrible it can be for for the players. So. <clears throat> I guess at this stage we've just got to accept the fact that there are just going to be lots of games and um, we're just going to have to go and go with it and see how, how and where this goes. Uh, well, we were uh, we were talking about one matchup in particular during this game and Jesse was uh, was breaking it over Jess Carter versus Lauren Hemp at the beginning. Uh, Mia, so I'll pass it to you. So for someone who uh, was not a part of the WhatsApp thread with us, uh, what were your thoughts on on Jess Carter? Uh, and, and the way that she uh, performed against Lauren Hemp. I think she managed well uh, in the beginning of the game, before Lauren Hemp 
realized how she she could pass her quite easily because I think that what was happened at the end of the game. But then I also thought that Lauren Hemp was the only one in City really trying. Uh, and when when you have a player like that, I mean you you have to you have to back her up and help her and 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 then this uh, battle between Hemp and and Carter wasn't that in the spotlight like it could have been if if the other players had uh, had backed uh, Lauren Hemp up uh, because I I think she's brilliant and and she always is brilliant for Manchester City, uh, but. Today she wasn't backed up from her teammates, and then Jess Carter's work was pretty easy, I would say. I think something that the Jess Carter playing out there allowed Chelsea to do was as much as about Jess Carter actually one v one defending against Hemp. It was also about just kind of slowing Hemp down by making her make that first decision, and then having Millie Bright as your right-sided centre-back, she was also there to then kind of, like, sweep up if, as Mia said, Hemp did get past Carter. So, And I also thought Carter did really well going the other way against Hemp. You know, there was a number of times when she got beyond there. There was an iffy shout for a penalty when Hemp's clearly dragging Carter back. You know, it was probably a free kick on the edge of the area, but I think it was definitely a foul um, and nothing got given. But you can clearly see Hemp's holding on to Carter, and I thought that was, like great pressure but yeah I definitely felt like something we saw with Hemp against um, Man United before the international break was when Hemp just got past uh, Onabatia who's a much better fullback than Jess Carter is like she was able to run to that box that space was there so I thought it worked really well effectively doubling up on Hemp a, a player that, that Chelsea desperately missed and this is due to the international break and injuries and all of the fun nonsense that we have to deal with uh, when players go off for, for international duty is Pernilla Harder, uh, Abdullah. And uh, Emma Hayes spoke about um, her uh, her injured superstar uh, cheekily, uh, I think, per, per our normal circumstances with, uh, with Emma Hayes and, and regarding injuries, I should say. Yeah, you know, I mean, we were just we were just discussing it before we we started recording that when Emma Hayes says everyone's fit and firing, well, you know, can you really believe that at the end of the day? Yeah. You know, like, like like I think Jesse made the example of a, a player can have a broken leg and then she's like totally fine, ready to start fifty the next five games, no problem. <laughs> fit as a fiddle, just perfectly fine. So, no, I think I think um, kind of what I alluded to earlier. I think it's it was kind of. Obviously, you don't want a player to be injured, but you kind of want to see how the team does without their talisman in the team. And in this case, I think it was it was just kind of maybe good to see how this team coped without um, without their superstar in the team. And and and, and I guess it, I guess I guess it went well. And I mean, um, there are some quotes here uh, we could we can we can talk. It says you know. Hey spoke about Harder saying, you know, I just spoke to her on the phone. She's so happy. She said she was calm in the game. I think if it would have been a bit further in the season, we might have taken the risk, but we're not going to do that now. So, like we said, she didn't think it was too important. I mean, I mean, if you just look at look between the lines there, I mean, it's just Emma Hayes saying that, well, I didn't think this te- I don't, it's almost like she's not taking City that seriously as like a top, top contender in some weird way. You know, if, if you really think about it, which kind of goes to show how City have been doing this season. So, you know, if, if, if they truly were top, I mean, I'm sure if it was Arsenal, Maybe she would have risked her. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not saying she would have, but, you know, the way they're playing. But, you know, I'm just just kind of reading between the lines here. Yeah, she also mentioned that uh, we decided to start with Sam instead of Beth today because I never felt Sam would be able to come from the bench because she took a flight from Sydney. I think it was a good decision. So let me just be clear about this. She's definitely fit enough to start because of the flight, but she's not fit enough to come off as a substitute. It sounds yeah. like Sam's got narcolepsy. Yeah. Like, if you leave her sitting down for too long, she'll just drop off, I'm afraid. Like, you've got to wind yeah. her up and let her go. Like, you, <laughs> you, know, you know Sam. When she starts a nap, she doesn't she wake, wake up from up, a nap, yeah. okay? So, uh, and then she said, I I think the same with Jesse Fleming. Uh, she had a big flight from America. She hasn't quite recovered. So, we had to move a lot of things around. I thought it was game management, people management. I think we got it right today. It's hard to argue, right? You won 3-0 away. You, you trashed them uh, at the end with the scoreline. You're moving on to the FA Cup final. So it all worked. Um, is there anything else here, uh, Jesse, that you want to reference in terms of 
you know, the way that the the play started or, or any other players that you want to kind of call out? Yeah, I'd just like to call out um, Melanie Leupoltz, really, because I feel like she was a player who I felt like we saw something different from today. Um, I thought it was interesting. It felt like she was pushing out a lot wider and higher. Um, I don't know whether it is playing with someone like Erin Cuthbert, who feels so tactically aware and is so willing to drop into the midfield and do all that dirty work that it gives someone like Leupoltz um, like the more relaxed nature to to go go forward more. Or I don't know if it was also just a firmer decision from Hayes to be like, right, we're just going to play Ingle as a holding midfielder. None of this, like one of them goes forward and then the other one drops back stuff. Um, but yeah, I just thought her link-up play was great. I thought she really offered an amazing outlet on the left and the right to kind of um, give Chelsea those overloads. Obviously, she got the goal, um, which was nice as well. But yeah, I just feel like... Sometimes I feel like she's ghosted through games this season. And today was the first time where I was like, that's Melanie Leupold. Like, she is on the pitch. And it, that feels like a really important thing for, for Chelsea to have. Mia, you're shaking your head. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I do. Because I think that just the fact that uh, if you have a player like G uh, next to you, uh, you won't go forward uh, just as much. Because that's her natural department and work uh, and I think that uh, at the same time I don't think that Melanie Lopoltz is is that that holding midfielder uh, that Sophie Ingle is so I think I mean I've always been wanting to see them together in a game like this uh, and I think it was spot on from Jesse there I think I, I, I hope we will see this a lot more I'm not sure though well, I mean, we've seen a lot of different midfield combinations this year. Abdullah, you've made the the case for Jesse Fleming to to join Leupold's in the middle. Um, do you see, or I guess, did you see what, what Jesse's seeing, which is more of a, a holding role for one of them, more of an attacking role for the other? Do you see that working all year, or is this a case-by-case type of thing? I, I think I think with the way this Chelsea team is set up and the way the opposition are going to come in, I think we're going to have to take a case-by-case, because I think it's not going to be on the combination. I think it's going to be on the type of opponents and the tactics that, that Chelsea are going to employ. So I think in this sort of game, when Chelsea were really... On the uh, on the attack, and they really had a lot of uh, a lot of the ball. I think this combination works well because someone like Leupold, who's going to be sitting, uh, who's going to be well, attacking and and an angle sitting, you can, you, you're still where it's like you're almost saying that you're wary about uh, City's attacking threat, but at the same time you've got enough in that midfield to go forward and defend. So I think someone like Leupold's really brings you that balance as the attacking of the double pivot because you know that if, if they're going to attack, you know that she knows how to defend. She has the defensive positioning. So I think in this game it worked perfectly. Um, so again, I think it's going to be case by case. Like again, the teams against teams that are going to sit back, you don't need both of them. You can, you can play G with one of them and then you'll be equally as fine because you let G go forward and really run midfield and, and do that thing. So I think it's going to come to case to case. But I think in the bigger games, this could be a very potent uh, combination. I, I know another uh, call out that we have here is uh, Girl Wrighton playing a, a nice straight ball to Cuthbert. Uh, who did take a nice volley. It has to be said, like, I've watched it three or four times now, and I think the early commentary was that it was just a goalkeeping error flat out. I don't think that's the... I think you could argue that more for, for Leupel's goal, Jesse, but, like, I, I think Cuthbert hit that thing hard, and it would have been a challenge for even uh, Roebuck to, to save. Yeah, I I agree. I think the Leupel's goal you can definitely see that Tayeb just needs to move her feet and if she's not reached the ground I think she gets across I think the Cuthbert one it's it's harder it's harder because you know she does get her hands there so obviously it does look the ball does look like it goes through her hands and to be totally honest I just don't know enough about goalkeeping like uh, the BBC had Rachel Brown Finnis doing the commentary and she obviously was a goalkeeper and she wasn't particularly impressed but yeah Cuthbert hits it really well um, and I was I thought it was a really well taken goal when I, when I watched it basically and sometimes I feel like it's easy to focus on goalkeepers and say like they you know they should have done this they should have done that but like I love Aaron Cuthbert and I just want to give her, her credit so I'm like that was a sick volley well done 
Yeah, I guess, Mia, do you want to talk about Cuthbert's day? I mean, it seemed as if she was in control tactically, as, as Jesse referenced earlier, and then just added a little bit of spark to proceedings for Chelsea, maybe off of a, a tough international break. Yeah, I think um, I think we, we're talking about Penilla Harder being a big, big game player, but I think that that's where uh, Erin Cuthbert, uh, Cuthbert is heading as well, I think. She's really starting to grow into this team and play play a role that will it will I mean we will notice if she's not on the pitch I think just like we will notice that Penilla Harder uh, is not on the pitch as well uh, but I think I mean I watched Sweden play Scotland and and all the Swedish commenters uh, were were saying that oh this this player she is good uh, and I I'm not sure I've seen Erin Cuthbert this good ever actually I mean she's she's all over the place working her ass off uh, for the team I think yeah and I think also if you think about the games like that she's really shown up in like she obviously got the opener against Juve she got the opener here and in that um, Arsenal game at the start of the season which was like a pretty big shit show for most players she was like one of the few who still like really stood out and so Mia I think you're like you're so right about talking about that big game element and it feels like she's someone who okay she started a lot more this season but I think even last season she feels like someone who Emma Hayes like really relies on to pull it out of the bag when when she needs her to I think it also comes down to the fact that she's getting a run of games now in a, in a set position almost, right? For the most part, it's been a right wing back, which is fine, but at least it's in a set position. You're getting used to the positioning. You're getting used to where the positions need to be in attacking defensively. And I think that is doing her a world of good and it's finally showing her quality on the pitch. Yes, she was able to play in a more natural position as the right-sided number 10 today, which I think, which again, she showed her quality there. But I think, again, that's on the back of having a good run of games at right wing back. We love her. That's the end. That's all we need to say. Um, can we talk a little bit, Jesse, about the tactical tweaks? Um, and it, particularly, I think that Mia referenced this with, with Jess Carter earlier, uh, but how her role at right wing back kind of helped get us between a back three and a back four at times. Yeah. Um, so when we were talking about like not really understanding what the formation was, I think it's because we weren't really supposed to understand. Um, Hayes basically said after the game that she was aiming to play somewhere between a back three and a back four. And I think you really saw that, you know, Chelsea rotate around the pitch um, like Wrighton would stay pushed up as the left wing back. Um, but Carter would drop back to to um, defend against Hemp. Uh, and obviously then, as as I was kind of speaking about, having Millie Bright supporting that as well. But, you know, we really saw the card still get forward and stretch out the play when it mattered. But I think it's something we, we talked about actually in, in the Juventus game, because obviously Chelsea went from, from a three to a four in that match. But just how valuable it can be for a team to be able to either rotate throughout the game, um, kind of pivot on your back line or just to be able to switch it up when you need to switch it up, depending on, on what you're playing. Um, and I think for me also, like seeing Anik now in, in that middle role again, like was a really exciting call and a, a brave call, I thought, from, from Emma Hayes. But again, I felt like, great, Hayes is choosing a defence based on who we're playing, not based on who she feels she has to trust, which I think has worried me in, in the past. It's that feeling of like, Hayes is like, okay, I have two defenders who I like, and then I guess I'll use these other ones and plug them in. But today I was like, it feels like she has chosen a defense based on who she's going to play, and she's really confident in, in who those players are. And, you know, I thought City were awful attacking. Like, they had two plans, which was give the ball to Lauren Hemp or get the wind to blow the ball over the back of Chelsea's defense. So with that caveat, I, I will say I thought we defended really well. I thought the wind had a really poor day, frankly. Um, I didn't see the stereotypical fight um, that, that we're used to from the wind. Um, <laughs> I guess, Abdullah, do you want to maybe expand? Emma Hayes gave some quotes about Anik Nowen that I think could be 
uh, useful context for, for the listeners. You want to get into those quotes? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, when she was asked about Monique Nauer and how she's settling, and, you know, she replies with amazingly well, she's quiet. It's taken her a little bit of time to get used to the lingo in the team. You know, we know about her abilities. Uh, dropping players in when they're still building relationships, sometimes that's a difficult from the start. But, you know, I feel like she was ready. I, I took the decision today to put her there and put Jess on the right-hand side. And I think, I think, I think her shy personality, quiet personality, I think it shows on the pitch as well you can just see that she's there she just gets her job done and you know she's almost like i'm just gonna do my job everybody else does theirs and i think we'll be okay and i think in a team full of and i'm saying this in a positive way in a team full of big personalities and and, and, and almost aggressive players i think you need someone like that to, to, to fit that balance in there and i think especially in defense when you've got three to four big personalities magda erickson millie bright when Mielda comes back that's another one um and in her own right, go right, and as well. I think getting someone like Anik Nauer in there who just sits, does her work, you know, and she does it properly, she does it quietly, she just gets about it. I think that in itself is is an amazing quality. And, it, you know, we, we often talk about this with defensive midfielders that the, the, anytime you go through a game and you don't notice them and, and you don't talk about them, you know that they've done a great job. And I think in Anik doing that job as the central center back, I think that's I think that's what we're getting into. You let the wing backs take the plot, you let this you know the the wider center backs kind of push forward, do the intricate passing. But as long as she just covers, sweeps up behind, does her her job, I think that thing that's great. And um and again, I think I think I think we've been we've been saying it. I've, I've definitely I've definitely wanted to bring Anik Nauer as the, I think this back three is my favorite back three. Uh, and then if you bring in uh, Marin Mielda, whether it's a right wing back or in one of the center backs, I think that for me is this is where the team is eventually going to have to go if they want to have a settled defense. I think. Mia, do you do you agree with that uh, statement on on kind of the back line? How how we're utilizing those wing backs in the back three? Who she is and and why she is so important. <laughs> and I do agree that I am also keen on, on this back tree uh, with uh, Anouk Noen and, uh, and Bright and uh, Magda. So I hope we will get to see this a lot more because I think it, it's a more ball-playing backline. Uh, and that sort of, I mean, reminds me more of the way Chelsea used uh, use their backline last season. It's interesting that uh, in the build-up, Magda was better today because I actually felt like this was still, like going forward at least, like not a great game. Um, I felt like she gave the ball away a lot. I'm too scandy um, now. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I'm like, scandy. I will say, I I love Magda. She's like probably one of my like my my favorite Chelsea players. So. But I've been thinking about it like over the international break and I do feel like we, we've talked a lot about like the structural problems with Chelsea's defence. But I do think that personal level from Ericsson is maybe something that is just being felt like really hard by the Chelsea defence still. Like if you look at her numbers last season, like they are just absolutely outrageously good and then everything is down this season and I don't think you can just pin that on structural things. And maybe it is like you're saying, Mia, like that injury the Olympics. I just wonder if she needs a bit of a, a break. And I'm just hoping that at some point we're going to find maybe a section of games before we move into the new year to give her that, because I, I feel like that is still something that that's really missing. I, I must say as well, because I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Magda playing to the left uh, all out, because I think she's better playing in a, in a back four where she gets the role as the build up center back uh, because then then she's good i i do agree with you that i also thought that she was giving the ball away quite a lot uh, in the beginning of the game but what i meant was that i thought she really worked hard defensively today and got it got her positions right when she did that she pushed up at the right time and, and dropped back when she was supposed to and i haven't seen that that um, for for a couple of games because it's like we have been talking about as well. Uh, is it, is it that she doesn't trust uh, the backline to do do their job? So she feels like she's all over the place. Today I didn't think she was that uh, defensively. I'm gonna pass the ball up the pitch uh, to Beth England because uh, this is a player who, look, guys, uh, frankly, is is not had. 
the best kind of year and a half or 18 months. And, you know, I think we've, we've kind of talked about her on recent shows as, as someone who is, is just, you know, maybe not in a great position to have an, a huge impact this season, given the, you know, kind of triumvirate up front that we have. But uh, Jesse, you made special note of, of her performance in, in today's script. So please take it away. Yeah, I was just super impressed by Beth. I feel like it's hard when you're in that position and you're kind of coming into one-off games, you're coming on for half hours to really like make an impact and get a rhythm going. And maybe it's because, you know, maybe she looked good today because she played for England, you know, so she came on for the last half hour against um, Northern Ireland and then she played um, the full night against Latvia and maybe that was actually, you know, the opposite of some of those international players are talking about. That actually gave her the run of games she needed to really get going because I just thought from the moment she came on today, she was, the press from the front was so much more energetic than we were seeing from Kerr, perhaps understandably, but like her hold-up play as well. I think, you know, Beth's always been someone who's like so fantastic in the air and great if you can like, get a ball up to her like to make it try and make it stick even for a little bit um and yeah I just felt like she did really well to keep the pressure on a city defense when there was a kind of 10-15 minute period in the second half you know 65 to 80 minutes where it felt like maybe City could get an equalizer and it could be a really nervy finish um but I just felt like she really worked hard to to kill the game and then obviously she you know gets that headed goal at the end which I thought was just like a really fitting tribute to what was a really great kind of 35 minute cameo from her great pass there Fleming as well um, yeah really yeah, nice really nice one um I'm, I'm gonna pass to you Abdullah because uh we're talking about the closer uh we're talking about the Emma Hayes version of John Obi Mikel we're talking about Drew Spence uh <laughs> this is I mean it's become a trend though right like when when it's winning time, Drew Spence substitution almost in the cards every time. I mean, it's a it's a solid substitution. You just bring on a person you know who is so dependable. You can just bring her on, get in there, get stuck in, just kind of shut up shop. And in some ways, I think Drew Spence should be extremely happy with with that role, just because that just means that Emma Hayes trusts her so much that. You are the one I'm turning to to make sure we close this game out and we see this through and we win it, you know. And and I th- I think if you're you're in a position where you've got so many quality midfielders in front of you and you need a role in the team, I mean, you might as well take this role, right? And you keep using these moments to kind of try and get in, you know. And obviously, I think I think I think it's safe to say that at least for the foreseeable future, it's going to be between Fleming, Ingle, Leupold, and uh, G. So, you know, when Drew Spence comes on, it's going to be in those games with his heavy rotation, like we saw the nine changes a couple of weeks ago, and then, you know, other games when rest needs to come in. But again, it's 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 great. You come in, I think her positioning is pretty decent, and I think, you know, she's one of those players that, I know that a couple of weeks ago when she had that 45-minute spell and she got substitute after 45 minutes, wasn't the best game in the world, but I think she's almost better when you're coming on and the, and the scenario of the game is in front of her, like she's almost been told, here's the scenario, you know what you have to do, just do it. And I think she's better in that scenario than starting the game and going, okay, I've got to see how the game unfolds and kind of adjust that way. Whereas when you've been watching for 70 minutes, 65 minutes, you're like, okay, I know where the game's going. I know how what I kind of have to do. And Emma Hayes just kind of has to give a few words and then go on and do that. But, you know, it's always nice to have a John Obi Mikel equivalent in, in your side. And, uh, you know, maybe she can score a couple more goals than, than, than Mr. Mikel. Just a couple. <laughs> um, she scores when she wants. Uh, look, a special note for Ann Katrenberger making an absurd save at the end of the game uh, to, to keep the clean sheet intact and, and all that. But uh, it was it was one of her kind of few moments where she had to jump into action, but it was still uh, tremendously reminiscent of, of last year's save. Right, Jesse? Yeah, I feel like she likes um, pulling out these saves at, at the Academy Stadium. But yeah, it was fantastic. Um, just uh, Jess Park has a real habit of like bringing out these shots. I didn't really understand what Jess Park, what kind of player she is. Um, but it just seems like whenever she's on the pitch, she just takes these like amazing shots. Um, but yeah, a great like fingertip save to kind of push it push it onto the post um after last year's save title winning save that title she made winning. as well so yeah. this one wasn't quite as important but you know still fun for her and it was interesting actually Hayes said afterwards um that 
you know, Chelsea had been conceding a lot from errors and she kind of implied that maybe that was affecting Berger's confidence or at least maybe like messing with her head a bit and making her like more nervous. And she kind of implied that she thought it was kind of good that she'd managed to make that clean sheet worthy save to kind of remind her that she was like in control. Um, which I thought was a maybe interesting insight from into a, a woman who I find very mysterious all the time. So, <laughs> fair play. Well, let's let's turn to to wrap this up because uh, we have a standout performer. We have a Twitter poll that we ran, uh, and and look, I think there are a lot of of good candidates here. We we bantered about which four to put in, so we we went with Cuthbert, Leupold, England, and Ingle. Uh, as kind of your your four, you could have made arguments for others uh, as well. But of that grouping, Aaron Cuthbert runs away with it with about forty nine percent of the vote. Uh, Loipels in England tied roughly at like twenty three and twenty two percent, and Ingle uh, is is left alone at the bottom. Although we did have a few comments that said if you watch this game and you didn't realize how good Sophie Ingle was, that's on you. So take that one. How about that? Uh, I guess let's go to each individual vote here. Uh, Abdul, I'm going to start with you. I think um, going away from the big performances, I think I think kind of what we said. I think Melanie Leupold's had a had a really good game. I think this was a, almost a perfect setup for her to kind of showcase her ability and skill. And I think coming up against a, a big team like City, I think she needed a not not necessarily that she needed it, but I think it was a good reminder to show everybody that this is what she's capable of. And and kind of sitting partnering there with Ingle kind of gives Chelsea a good um, midfield double pivot combination going forward in other big games. So I think it was good to see this combination workouts, and for that I w- I would say Melanie Leupold. And obviously she scored another one of her cracking goals from outside the box. Okay, I'm gonna go there in Cuthbert. I thought she was awesome today, and not only do I do I love her position, tactical awareness, but I just love her attitude. I think that she adds something incredibly valuable to this team, and that's a little bit of extra. You know, there's a little shithousery with Aaron and I and I'm a big fan of that Mia who was your player of the match yeah I'm also gonna go with Erin Cuthbert just because she played the whole game as well uh, but I think she really she didn't drop in quality uh, throughout the game uh, and I think I mean like I said I, I think she will be one of Chelsea's big game players this season uh, and just the fact that I think she's also very capable of adapting to whatever position or role she's given uh, but like you said she she's not scared of of doing the dirty work as well and i think you need you need players like that uh, especially uh, watching like the WSL games uh, because a lot of battles are going on uh, around those areas where she operates and i i just love her so do i uh, Jesse, finish it out. Who's your player of the match? Yeah, I'll give a, a shout out for Cuthbert on the shithousery front. I felt like there was some really fun ag going on between her and Vicky Lasada at the end, and there is no love lost between Chelsea as a club and Vicky Lasada. So <laughs> I thought that was great. I was glad to see Erin uh, flying that flag. Um, but for me, it was it was Leupold. I felt like you know as much as like players like Cuthbert I, I thought like contributed really well to the energy of the match I thought that and you know this is a game where given the goals that were scored we aren't really talking about you know build up play and, and that kind of stuff but I thought Chelsea's best moments of build up play the you know really nice slick passing movements to suddenly get someone into a position in the box that you couldn't really figure out how they got there Leupold's just felt like so involved in all of those um, and I thought it was something that I just hadn't really seen Chelsea do a huge amount of this season and you know none of it really came off today in terms of goals but yeah I, I thought she was great alright well we're, we're going to move on because we I think at this point, know that that our FA Cup final opponent is going to be Arsenal, um, as I think they're winning 2-0 right now. A Brighton 18-minute comeback, I'm calling it now. 18 okay. minutes to go, they've got time. <laughs> Come on, Brighton. Um, so it's likely going to be Arsenal in the FA Cup final, which uh, should be very interesting. Um, and we'll, we'll get that one on the books here. But look, uh, Chelsea's schedule over the next month is uh bananas uh so we have villa away uh next saturday saturday match how about that 
Uh, then we have Servette at home Tuesday. Abdullah's rejoicing because he gets to not have to work during the match, which is great. Um, so we get Servette on Tuesday, the 9th of November. We get Man City then next Sunday. Um, you know, we're, we're playing the double feature there with them. Then we're back to Servette on the 18th of November, and then we host Birmingham City uh, on the 21st of November, our first home match in uh, seven, right? Yeah, well, I guess that's event yeah. games at home. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yep, yep. So two in a row, but yeah, then I think it was five away matches in a row, uh, which is, it'll be great to be back home. There's no place like home. So any final thoughts uh, from, the, from the group before we uh, depart on this one? Uh, I'll start with you, Mia. Yeah, I think it's going to be very exciting to, to see where this goes this season. Uh, not just because of the schedule, but with, I mean, it's, it's a lot of big games coming up. Uh, and also, I mean, it, it's a long way uh, to that, but also the Euros and how the players will be used uh, this season through. I think, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting in many ways. Can't deny that. Jesse. Yeah. I'm just excited to be going back to Wembley. Um, you know, especially to face Arsenal. Uh, I am bricking it quite a lot. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but when we beat Arsenal 3-1 in 2018, that is one of my favourite games I've ever been to. So I'm hoping for a repeat of that final, not the 2016 one. That was boring and we lost. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to, to seeing Chelsea back at Wembley, definitely. Abdullah, you close it out. I'm looking forward to the games. I'm not looking forward to the kickoff times of these games, but I'm looking forward to the games nonetheless. <laughs> Champions League's probably my favorite competition. So nice doubleheader against Servet. I think that closes out the group. And I'm kind of excited to see how, you know, and I'm more excited to see how the Champions League progresses because, you know, obviously Chelsea made the final last season. I want to see who they face in the next round and how that kind of kicks off. And I think we're in for a nice busy period between now and Christmas. So um, a lot of games to watch, a lot of games to cover. Lots of games, lots of excitement. Love this team. Uh, let's hope the progression continues. And until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. Mm-hmm.